I mean, everyone talks it. Yes. Okay. Uh, again, remember to mute yourself when you're not talking. I do what I want. Especially you, Nate. I know, because I'm not using the Okay. Okay. Nate, what's your last name again? Trip. Trip. And Matt, you're, 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 what's your last name again? Not. Not. Okay. Trip and not. Patrick, what's your last name again? Cannon. C-A-N-N-O-N. How do you spell that? C-A-N-N-O-N. <laughs> Actually, can I change my last name to that? Awesome sauce. Can I change mine? Shut up. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to be Bandit. Nate Awesome Sauce. Guys. Okay. Here, here we go. Ready? All right. Three, two, one. Mm. Welcome to table. <clears throat> Welcome to table flip, everybody. I am your host, Bazil Patrick Cannon. As well, joining me in the e virtual studios is Matt Tonktimish, not as well as Nate Ketchersell Trip. How you guys doing? Good. Don't everybody answer at once. I am doing great. I sound so excited too. Don't I know everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> the excitement in the room is just like so vivid and wild. It's amazing. So, Edge of Darkness comes out, comes out next week, guys. Um, we are super excited, and I'm sure pretty much everyone in the Star Wars LCG universe is excited as, as we are. Um, we also have some stuff to talk about, obviously. So this week we're going to be talking about uh, the results of the Frozen Jedi deck, which we talked about in last week's or last episode's uh, deck talk, as well as the Desolation of Hoth deck, um, our tournament results for the Octagon tournament, and going to be announcing the giveaway itself and what you guys can win. So, you know, then we have the obvious shoutouts and blah, blah, blah. But let's get started. First of all, how was everyone's week? Uh, Matt, let's start with you. Uh, very, very busy at work and, uh, other stuff. Yeah. So, busy, but okay. that's okay. Not really much playing done, sadly. Um, just didn't have the time, really, and honestly, with the continued wait for Edge of Darkness, i kind of gotten bored of the same old options, so I've kind of been waiting till they come out to shake things up a bit. So, very soon. Okay, okay. Busy, busy. Uh, Nate, what about yourself? Uh, let's see. I went and saw Pacific Rim, which was awesome. Yay! Um, so that was cool. Uh, as far as actually playing uh, some Star Wars stuff, uh, I keep trying decks, and I, I keep hating the <laughs> decks. Um, so I keep going back to old decks, and I keep playing those, and I like them even more. Um, but I've actually played quite a bit of Star Wars this past week, so it's been a good week overall. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, myself, I've been playing a lot of Star Wars as well. Um, Nate, unfortunately, forced me to reinstall the Knights of the Old Republic, and I've been playing that, so shame on me. Um, you know, it's a Star Wars game, so it went free to play, but the only problem is it nickel and dimes you for everything. You want action bars? Pay ten, you know, pay, pay money. Do you want to use your titles? Pay money. Do you want to use your companion uh, customization gear? Pay money. Blah, blah, blah. Pay money. It's, it's, it's frustrating, but you know what? I'm wielding a lightsaber. I, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. You're talking the Old Republic MMO, not Knights of the Old Republic, yes, right? Yes, Because you said Knights of the Old Republic. 
Yeah, well, it's been a long week. I'm which I actually started playing again today on my Xbox 360. Yeah, you know what? I probably should install that game again because it's a great game and fantastic. But that's not what we're here to what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about the Star Wars LCG, which is what a very very fun game. Uh, just got back from my local store, playing some games. Um, had a lot of fun there. Also was taught a new summoners game, which is why I was late. I apologize. So, yeah, we're like, oh, this won't be an hour. It took two and a half. I was like, well, this is fun. But oh, you're revealing the magic behind the curtain. I know. Nobody else knew we were late. Well, ah, well, you know what? Stop it. I know I'm terrible. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about our tournament experience so far. Um, this tournament. Ooh, I want to go first. I know. Let I know, I will let you go. For, yeah, calm down, Billy. Calm down. <laughs> um. We all three are participating. They um, convinced me to play in the Octagon tournament. I was like really, really kind of hesitant at first because I hate the program. It's not very good, and it honestly turns you into a bit worse player because you forget things. Because you like me personally, I'm a very visual person and kind of like a touchy feely person. That kind of sounds weird, but if I can't like see it and touch it, I forget about it so half the time. So there's a, there was a couple times where I was forgetting to use um, Renegade Squadron Mobilization's effect every time. Stop typing in the chat because that's really distracting. You know that. You can't stop. Anyway, I, I would forget certain effects and whatnot because I, I didn't have them physically there. So overall, um, it's an easy program to learn. It's just really, really kind of a nuisance at times. So um, Nate, what – what was your tournament experience like? So my tournament experience was awesome. Oh, good. I emailed my opponent. I waited until Friday. Uh-huh. Got a response. He couldn't play, so I got a win. Yeah. Bam. So I assume that <laughs> I assume that you get a four-zero win then, correct? Um, I think it's three-two if your uh, opponent and your schedules conflict, um, which is fine. Right. I'd rather people keep playing in the tournament and get discouraged. So. Fair enough. Hey, I got a win. Yay! Yay! Free win. <laughs> I would have rather played my opponent. Yeah, well, you probably would have beat him anyway because you're awesome. You're so good. Yeah, I don't. I'm not the one with 45 regions. I know, I know. I, I can't help it, guys. <laughs> I'm super awesome. But no, as far as far as Octagon itself, um, I didn't initially like the program. The more I use it, um, with automation turned off. I don't mind it. I find some of the stuff counterintuitive. Yeah. Um, you use a lot of, of alt and other key combinations, which is weird. I guess it's probably Mac-based reasoning. But at the awesome. same time, I don't know. Whatever the reasons for, for how stuff was done is completely separate. But the more I'm using it, the more I actually like the program. And I think it's... Um, pretty well designed there's there's issues but there's issues with every program right um i'm just happy to be playing star wars with more people i think yeah you know getting this tournament set up was a great thing for the community and i cannot wait to play round two i hope i have an opponent (laughs) (laughs) yeah matt what about yourself yeah yeah i played my opponent uh i think it was on thursday night um we played two matches. It was my first time actually using Octagon, so thankfully I had an opponent who'd use it a bit. He was no, by no means an expert, as he said, but he knew it well enough to kind of help me walk me through getting things initially set up and stuff like that. I'm, 
I'm not a fan of the program as it stands right now, but again, I've only used it for those two games and that one match. But right. I mean, that one match took us like two hours because, you know, we were having trouble getting things going. And then we got on Skype and stuff like that, which worked a little bit easier because we kind of talked to each other back and forth. But I, I found some parts of it very frustrating, like where you have to like target the objective before you can start an engagement. And for mm-hmm. some reason, you have to like very carefully pit click the very middle of the objective you're targeting while holding the shift and left click key. Otherwise it doesn't work, which is really annoying. And sometimes we just said, screw it. What are you targeting? Okay, great. This will happen. This will happen. They're yeah. done. It just made it a lot easier. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I um, think it's probably an experience thing at this point, but who knows? well, I mean, uh, yes and no. Uh, the program itself, I mean, is very basic. So you you do have to click on the things almost exactly to forget for for them to work sometimes, especially when there's a focus, a damage, and a shield token on there. You're like, uh, so I'm just gonna target this because trying to drag and then trying to de-click the arrow or the target is next near impossible. So yeah, uh, I can definitely agree with that. Um, what decks yeah. did you face? Uh, he was using. Uh, the first game we played was Dark Side. I was using my Big Red Bus because I decided to use decks that I knew mm-hmm. where I didn't know the program very well, just to, so I wasn't tr- struggling with two things. Right. Um, he was using it was it's very similar to the Light Side Hoth deck I talked about a while ago, where it was like the speeders, you know, prep for battle Hoth ops, plus the smuggler stuff, you know, the, the prep for evac, and he had a echo based defense with the sub-zero defenses mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it seemed very very familiar to me what I saw of the deck I didn't see all of his objectives um, but I did uh, I saw a few of them because I took out three of his objectives with my dark side deck and I ended up winning that game with the doll at 12 uh, he only took out he managed to take out two objectives that turn most of which was uh, with uh, rogue three mm-hmm. and a wedge uh, he actually came very close to winning just because he just needed to do, I think it was another point or two of damage on my last objective, but he just couldn't push it through. So we were like, okay, well, next turn, the dial goes to 10, and then I blow up one of your objectives, and then, you know, the dial goes to 13, that's it. So we just kind of gotcha. basically just talked it through, and we went on to the next game. Okay. The next game, I was using a light side deck. It was my uh, Jedi, Han, Old Ben, Spirit, Guardians deck. Right. Uh, he was playing, I think it's... I think it was the Desolation of Hoth deck just because of what I could see they had. He had a couple changes in it. Like, he had the Endor Gambit, at least one copy. I saw two ATSTs, but I, only saw, I never saw, actually saw There's the Endor Gambit objective. There's a couple different variations, so... Yeah, and he had Maudie and, you know, stuff like that. Um, he he played a decent amount of units overall, just he didn't really have much success with it, sadly, because I was just controlling him with Han. Like, I had Han at one point. He had two Old Ben Spirits... Uh, Trust your feelings. Oh. I had two or three guardians out, and I had a Twi'lek smuggler who was my main defender the entire game. I played her on turn one, and she was there the rest of the game. I just kept using her tactics to shut him down, and then I used Han and you know would target to strike something, killing yeah. it. Use Han's reaction, and then trust your feelings, target to strike again, tactic something else. So I just kept him shut down to the point that he really couldn't do much. Sadly, okay. I just kept him shut down. So it took me a bit, but I managed to get. Th- through three of his objectives, and he only took out one that game, and the dial was only at eight. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay, so, um, unfortunately, Nate <laughs> didn't get to play, but hopefully next week he will, which we'll have the, the uh, tournament report as well. Um, my games went similar, but I honestly crushed my opponent. Um, 
Uh, he's a fan of the show, so um, I will give a shout-out to him. I don't exactly remember his name. I apologize. Let me open up my Gmail account and look at him because I will feel bad if I don't say his name correctly. So, uh, Josh McCullen, thank you very much for the games. I, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we both had a good time. And um, he was playing uh, Desolation of Hoth for his dark side. And then for his light side, uh, he was playing a kind of a variation of the um, UK Nate's deck. But he was using Leia, which was really different. And the the unfortunate part of his of um the games that we played was i was able to control the board and pretty much both assets um i was playing the uh the uk nate's deck the rebel deck which is just the the standard three um smugglers and spies and then the two mobilize and the two uh defensive yavin 4 so with his Dark side deck, unfortunately, I was able to keep the board pretty clear with uh, Han Solo. Um, same with you, uh, Matt. The Desolation of Hoth deck really did not stack up against uh, that very well because he was able to get out Monty and Veers, but Rebel Assault pretty much kept him at bay, as well as the um, Han Shot Versed ability and, and the Targeted Strike. And I was also able to get out um, some fairly amount of decent of units as well. And just kind of keep his board uh, a lot of under. Unfortunately, the game didn't uh, we didn't go past the dial of five, and I was able to take out three objectives. So that was the first game. The, the second game I was playing uh, the dark side uh, Sith control deck that me and um, Nate are currently running, which I'm not going to technically. Uh, have we have we actually posted that yet, guys? Is, is that is that oh. okay? No, we haven't. Okay, well. I, I will not reveal that yet because I want to try and keep that as secret as possible. Sorry, guys. It's a huge secret. It's so secret. It's actually pretty easy to figure it, out. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but um, I was able to really use a lot of good enhancement hate versus his deck as well as um, keep Leia out of the field with Force Choke and Vader's effect. Um, unfortunately, he had to go early, so he conceded the uh, the match to me. And the dial was only at five, but his board was pretty much controlled. And he wasn't able to keep units out in the field um, pretty much at all. So um, I, had, uh, I had a pretty good experience. I think that he might have been able to kill at least one objective if we were able to keep going. But uh, I think, if I remember correctly, after he left the game, I drew and the, the next card was Palpatine. I was like, yeah, that, that was probably not going to be a good thing for him. But um, overall, uh, it was a lot of fun. And that kind of brings us to our next topic, which is the deck talk. Um, keep in mind, guys, I think this might be a shorter episode this week because there's not a lot to talk about. We were going to talk about something super secret and special, but we decided against it. We'll do that next week. And basically, we kind of want to go over the Desolation of Hoth deck. Um, I posted a thread about it, and it got some pretty pretty good uh, discussion going there on CardGameDB. And, um, I think the overall consensus on, on this deck is... On paper, it's wonderfully crafted. It, it's just, it looks like it would just do an, um, some amazing uh, kind of control and damage control. But when you're playing it, you're not able to get out a lot of stuff. You're very, very starved for resources, especially if you're playing against, like, Rebels. You put down Monty or Veers, and they, they'll just Rebel Assault it pretty much instantaneously. You have no cancels. You, you're not running uh, the, 
Navy Vader, so you're not able to use Imperial Suppression on Rebel Assault, or even Swindled for that matter. Swindled is a, another big deal to the to that deck. I mean, you're it's like, oh, you're gonna put down a Blizzard Fortis, ACSD, and an MTV. Well, I'm gonna Swindled one of those cards, and then you're stuck with a card that can't do objective damage unless it's actually damaged, or you're stuck with a one HP character and you're just kind of sitting there like, uh, oh, please don't do anything foolish or that that kind of stuff. Um, another main problem with the deck is obviously resources. The the main problem resource-wise, is you're able to put out, you know, two units a turn at the most, but that's not going to be enough to defend any type of uh, heavy aggro rebel deck, or even the uh, Frozen Jedi deck, which I was able to test that quite a bit against the Desolation of Hoth with a couple other buddies, and um, even all those small units on the Frozen Jedi deck were able to control the board pretty much indefinitely. So... I think that the deck itself is really is a really great idea, but against, uh, in, in all honesty, against an experienced Star Wars player, you're not going to have a lot of trouble with it. You just kind of sit back and go, okay, well, he has this units. He's only going to be able to play two more units next turn. If he has Desolation of Hoth, that's okay, whatever. Um, I mean, if you're playing Jedi, you can even counterstroke it, which is even more hurtful to, to that deck. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that this deck possibly might have merit uh, in the future, or it was just just kind of a uh, really good idea that just didn't work out as well as it uh, intended? Um, Matt, let's have your thoughts first. I'm not really a fan of the deck, but I've never actually played the deck myself. It's just I've looked at it, and I've read about it, and then I played against it in the, the Octagon tournament there. And it's just like, like for me, it really wasn't that difficult a deck to deal with. I mean, there was a couple times where we had a decent amount of units out, but then I would just, you know, tactic this one, target strike that one, target strike this one, tactic, like, it was just, I didn't have much trouble shutting it down. I just, I had to really, you know, think, okay, you know, do this to this guy and this to this guy, but then, you know, he had nothing. Like, when we were playing that game, the final turn came down to, he managed to destroy the one objective, which was questionable contacts, using his damage from Dark Time for the Rebellion, blowing up an objective, and then using Turbo Laser Battery. And I was like, oh, well, that sucked. You know, I lost all my enhancements, and I had, you know, I think I had like five or six out. But then it didn't really matter because I had seven units. He had one unit. It was the Snowtrooper Vanguard. So I was like, okay, everything I have attacks that one objective, which needed two damage. So it was like... Right. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't that hard to deal with, I found. So I don't really see this being a deck that lasts. This isn't going to be like... Sith Controller, even Big Red Bus, both of which I've seen play for, you know, several months now. It's Right. I think it's kind of a flash in the pan, and, you know, Edge of Darkness will come out, and it'll be like, yeah, whatever. Okay. And I just, I don't, I don't find the Dark Side Hoth has quite as much synergy as the Light Side Hoth. Like, it just seems like Light Side has right. a lot more Hoth synergy, which makes sense, I guess, because, you know, in the movies, they were actually established on Hoth, whereas the Navy kind of came in blew the crap out of them, and then, okay, you know, next. Right, right. Okay, that's fair. Um, Nate, what about you? So, I keep struggling with this deck. <laughs> I, I theoretically really like how this deck works. I like the, the idea behind it. I like the premise behind it. Right. And right. I, I think it has potential, and then you play the deck. <laughs> and it just it falls apart for me when you play it you know it 
um, I was actually talking with um, TGO mm-hmm. about the deck, um, and and he he um, likened it to the Untouchables deck. Right. It when you get the perfect draw it's, it's and, and and the perfect objective setup, it's undefeatable. You cannot beat the deck because it just runs like clockwork you know you're having you know six units out by turn two you're destroying objectives everything's dead it's perfect right but when you don't nothing happens and you sit there with you know one and two health guys Mm -hmm. trying your best to defend against your opponent right um i I want the deck to be good. I like the idea behind the deck. It's a fun set of cards and a fun premise. I just... I see where it's good. I also see where it's easily defeated. Um, I uh, The deck frustrates me. It's one of those decks where it's like you just want it to be good. But every time you play play with it or play against it, you get the bad draw. And you're like, oh, well, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> right, um, right. I understand that. I, I do like the amount of shielding the deck has. Um, it works really well on defense. Like if you get caught on your back foot and you have to hopefully not get killed, um, there's a decent enough amount of shielding that you can work around stuff. Mm-hmm. And the few times that I've been able to use um, the Desolation of Hoth itself has pretty much just single-handedly won games because it's such a huge um, turn. It's like, you know, you're removing all the damage from an objective, doing it to your opponent, right? and just sitting back and laughing. Um, I, I, I kind of agree with Matt. It, it was one of those, you know, flash-in-the-pan-type decks where it, it was good, but I don't think it has any long-term legs to stand on. And it was fun while it lasted. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Um, now, th- there's been a couple variations of this deck as well. I know that the most popular is to use all eight of the Hoth objectives minus the Vader objective set. And then two of the Modipods, which gives you the resources. Uh, the one I saw was he wasn't using Mahdi. He was using Take Them Prisoner. So he was definitely hurting for resources. But in all fairness, he was able to use Take Them Prisoner and actually capture Red too. And then he was able to use uh, Tear the Ship Apart and blow up you know, certain in, in, uh, enhancements that I had. Like um, I had Echo Caverns out, and uh, he, he used that. So, so that kind of put me back a little bit. Um, there's uh, other variations where uh, people are using one recon and uh, one of the, the the Navy Vader objective set. Now, with that one, you get a little bit of extra fate cards, but you're really hurting for resources because Vader's going to cost five, and you're generally not going to have five out, it, it, like if you're lucky. So, um, I think I think that we can all agree that the deck is just. It's a really fun deck to play. Um, I think that that is something that's that's really going for it. In all honesty, I really think that that's kind of like the only thing really going for it. It's it's a nice change up of you know heavy uh, navy aggressive deck or, or like a 
a big red bus deck, which is a little bit more aggressive, or just the standard Sith control, which you just kind of, you know, sit there and go, okay, your turn, your turn, your turn, your turn. Oh, I can attack with Vader? Cool. Your turn, your turn. I win. So the, the change-up is really nice. It's a lot of fun to play if you're just playing for fun, but I would not use it in, a, in any competitive uh, setting whatsoever because it, it, I feel it's even worse than the Untouchables because it requires even more setup. Because you've got to get those resources. You've got to get those objective sets. With At least with the Untouchables deck, you're still semi-okay if you don't get the perfect obje objective draw. With the Desolation of Hoth, you're pretty much screwed if you don't get at least a um, General's Imperative, uh, Killing Cold, or uh, Dark Time for the Rebellion. If you don't get one of those objectives, you're, you're really hurting because you don't get any of those really nice effects. Um, obviously, I think the best setup for that is probably um, Killing Cold and two Generals Imperatives, where you can just draw like crazy. Or, I mean, Killing Cold and two Dark Time Rebellions isn't not, isn't uh, bad either. But um, my other problem with that is if you have Killing Cold, that's great, but you're completely screwing your defense or your offense if you're sacrificing cards. So... I mean, it's it's kind of like a lose-lose situation for you. Yeah, you remove one damage, awesome, but you're going to get rid of it, uh, a possible defender or a possible attacker. And you don't have many blast damage to begin with, and you don't have much units out on the field to begin with if you get a kind of a semi-bad draw or, or whatnot. Uh, Matt, you wanted to chime in. Go ahead. Yeah, um, two things. Uh, one, you mentioned extra fake cards from Lord Vader's command. No, no, uh, Vader re Recon, Vader. I'm sorry. Okay. Um... One, you said there the best setup was the two generals imperative and killing cold, and that actually is what my opponent had when we played okay. the other day in the Octagon tournament. And I managed to take out one of the generals imperative, and then he got the dark time for the rebellion, which was oh wow, so pretty good. So he so got he had the like best kind of, of the, worlds the then. uber objectives, but he never once used the reaction on the killing cold to sacrifice yeah. a unit to heal any damage. And I didn't even bother attacking the killing cold because he wasn't using it. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna leave it. The generals imperative, I. I knew I had to get rid of to mm -hmm. get rid of some cards or from his hand, but it. he did a good job of using the uh, the the card uh, the fake card the battle of hoth to heal it. Mm -hmm. So he did that a few times to try and help. But uh, I don't know. I don't personally. I don't see the fun in the deck. It seems to me like it'd be a very frustrating deck. But that could be because it's frust when it doesn't work. It's very frustrating. When it does work, it's great. So it's kind of a well. I look at it this way. When I'm playing it, I don't expect to do well. I'm just – it's like a trooper deck. You know, it's like, hey, this okay. is fun. I'll just throw a bunch of units out. Oh, cool. Look at that. I got Vader and two orbital bombardments. Lulz, have fun. I mean it's just it, – it's really it, it kind of comes down to that. It's just a really fun deck to play, and when I play it, I don't expect anything out of it and go, oh, look at that. Cool. I won. Or, hey, I'm, I'm going to play this deck. You know, don't – you know, I'm, I'm not taking it seriously, that, that kind of thing. Um uh, another thing you mentioned, Battle of Hoth. Yeah. This was. This was kind of mentioned as like one of the key things in the deck, and there's only four. So that's four out of fifty cards. So the math in there is pretty small, and you have to you have to actually draw them to be, to be useful, and on on second your objective has to have a damage on it. So if you're defending and your objective has no damage on it. Are you going to use the Battle of Hoth to win the edge battle and waste it because you're not going to be doing anything? I mean, sure, you can damage an, an opponent's objective, but 
that'd be kind of a waste of it. You, you, the whole point of the deck is to keep your objectives alive. So you're basically holding on to it until your opponent does damage. So like, it's kind of like a negative thing to have that and use it in an edge battle if you don't have any objective damage. Plus, target of opportunity goes off after Battle of Hoth. So keep that in mind too. So Battle of Hoth goes off and then target of opportunity goes off. So even if they have a target of opportunity or two, the damage is going to stick no matter what. So that's also another negative thing that we have to kind of look at um, kind of towards the deck. Now, I will say that the free Wampas are ridiculously nice. The Ice Trompers are really good against the, of course, you know, the, the current meta Jedi deck. Uh, Succumb to the Cold is awesome. Uh, when Luke removes a focus token, you're like, nope, Succumb to the Cold Luke or somebody else or a anybody for that for that matter. Um Again, it's just it's just a really fun deck to play when you don't want to take anything seriously. Don't expect this deck to actually work when it comes to competitive play. It's just it, I'm 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 just I'm saying this out right now. Uh, I mean, everyone else knows on the forums knows my opinion on the deck, but I'm it, it's not a competitive deck. It's a fun deck in, in my in my personal opinion. Um, yeah, and I would agree with that because like if if you're playing a smart opponent who's using a deck like, you know, something like what I was using with the Jedi and Target Strike and Haunt and all that stuff. Right. They know what to take out. Like, he played a Wampa. He got out for free, obviously, because there was, like, four Hoth objectives out, I think. Right, right. One of just three on his side. Anyway, Wampa was free. I saw that. I was like, all right, Han shoots first. Target Strike, Wampa's dead. And same thing with the Ice Trompers. He's like, oh, Ice Trompers. Well, those could be annoying because you're going to sacrifice them and force me out of the battle. I was like, well, they're dead. So, yeah. you know, a smart opponent will know what to target. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a surprise deck or anything like that. Like anyone, I don't know. Yeah, you know. I just and, think the deck so, fails somewhere, and I'm really having a hard way to say where. It just it seems to fail on a certain level to be, you know, between like a tier one, as people say, to a you know a tier two deck or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, Nate, you've been quiet. Thoughts? Um. Yes. <laughs> no, I did. I think right now there's just so many ways, like everybody's been saying, to get around the, the core units for the deck between, you know, Rebel Assault, Swindled, Targeted Strikes, you know, you can overwhelm it pretty easily. So I, I don't know. I um, want the deck to be good. Yeah, I mean, kind of kind of going, uh, in a, another kind of discussion topic here for this is, um, I know uh, Teardol put in the uh, the forums that it does really well versus a Rebel deck, which I, I play a Rebel deck, as, as does Nate, and we have found that Rebel decks pretty much walk all over it. Between Rebel Assault, Swindled, as you mentioned, and the ability to actually put out more units than your opponent per turn is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I know that when I was playing um, Josh, if, if, if I've yeah, Josh. It was Josh. When I was playing Josh, I was able to use the the um, Rebel Assault to just damage objectives and not even worry about the units. I think I saw saw one Swindled and one Rebel Assault the whole game, and I was even still able to completely take the deck and, and put it under control. And the Death Star Dial was only at 5. And he wasn't able to damage my objectives. He he got a decent amount of damage on. I think it was like one two two for for damage uh, on all three of my objectives. He, he like he was able to actually put some decent amount of damage on, but that was from the Dark Time of the Rebellion mostly. So 
even when you don't see Rebel Assault and Swindled, Rebels still have a pretty decent amount of time with it, mainly because the the deck that me and Nate play does have Han Solo in it and does have some of those those tactics icons, which really can screw over a Navy deck, or, or really any vehicle deck for that matter. So as soon as I found out he was playing the Desolation of Hoth deck, I was like, okay, cool. So keeping on keeping Han Solo in my hand was actually a, a good thing because normally you don't want to play Han Solo when you're playing against a, a dark side deck because it's like, oh, Han Solo's out, force choke one turn, force choke the next turn, and he's dead. So I was like, okay, Han Solo's out, that's great. Um, I think his first two units were a Blizzard Force ATST and an MTV-7. I'll have to check the replay on that. And I was able to drop Han and I think a re- yeah, I was able to drop Han and a resource because I had I think I had I had mobilize and uh, two other objectives. I don't remember what which ones they were, but I was, I was able to drop a resource and Han target uh, use the the sh- Han shot first ability on the Blizzard Force, and then take out the MTV but with winning the edge battle. And that's another thing that this deck is really really hard on is winning edge battles because again, if you're using Battle of Hoth just to win an edge battle when your objectives are not damaged, it's a waste. So you're like okay. Do I hold on to these and let him do damage the first turn? And then that gives him an even greater advantage the next turn. I get to heal one damage, whoopee. Or, you know, you play two and you get to heal two damage. But he's still going to clear my board. Uh, you know, he, he can have heat of battle, target of opportunity, that kind of stuff. So versus Rebels, I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to have to all up, flat out say that this deck does not do well at all. Um, I, I don't think that... It does well against a really heavy, aggressive deck, which, Matt, your deck isn't that aggressive because it, it requires some setup because you got the, the old Ben Spirit in there. So you, you kind of require some of your bigger units to be on the field first and then start putting those enhancements on them. So even against that kind of a slower setup deck, it didn't do very well either. So Yeah, like, go ahead. like my first turn I played uh, a Guardian and then the Smuggler. Mm-hmm just because I didn't want to play Han right away. And then the next turn I played Han, and then I played a, a, an old Ben Spirit on him. And the next turn it was, you know, Trust Your Feelings, another old Ben. And it was just, you know, that was, you know, good game. Pretty much right from that point. It was right, just, right. There wasn't much he could do. He did manage to, you know, kill Han once with, but I just removed the first old Ben Spirit. And then even when he was trying to take out, like, the Guardian and stuff like that, I just, I kept, like, I had, at one point, I think I had three Guardians out, so I just kind of spread the damage around enough to keep things going. So even against a non-aggressive deck, this I just don't think the deck has enough answers for stuff. It doesn't have anything that's you know flat out going to destroy you. Even with the Turbo Laser Battery, when he was you know his card, I've really liked it. By the point that he got it off, it was just like you know it was too little, too late. Yeah, and I think that that's actually another really good point that you brought up. Is Turbo Laser Battery is and a wonderful card. It is, you know, the enhancement hate from hell. But you have to keep in mind that you have to destroy an objective on your turn. It's not if a objective dies, it's you have to kill an objective as the attacking player, not not as a defending player. I, I honestly think though, in in this deck, that turbo laser battery fits the best. Because there's there's the um Forward command posts, if you don't have those out or your opponent can get rid of them in some way, um, that's really your only 
mainstay enhancement. So mm-hmm. if you can turbo laser battery with those not on the board and then drop them, it sets your opponent back pretty far. Or if you can turbo laser battery um, to gain an advantage even with them on the board, I think this deck has the ability to make the most use of turbo laser. But that's about the best thing you can say about turbo laser. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's that that is a fair assumption. Um, but again, kind of kind of going what I was going to say here real quick is, it, the deck also doesn't have a lot of blast damage unless your shielded units get the what the hell is it called? Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Forward command post. Thank you. Yeah, you just said it. The forward command post out. So unless that's out then you're kind of stuck doing, okay, I deal one damage or two damage. Woo! Uh, most of the deck is unit damage, if not 90% of it. Uh, we have Veers, who's edge-enabled. We have Stark, who only works if the objective is damaged, so you need the Dark Time for Rebellion or a target of opportunity for it to actually take effect. Uh, we have the MTV-7, which same effect. Uh, we have the Blizzard Force ATSTs, which you have four in the deck. They get shielding, and they have a Black Blast, which is really good. But they only have one HP, which is you know not a lot. Yes, they have the shield, but you know the shield only happens when they are declared as an attacker or defender. And in all honesty, they're better as a defender mainly because of the shield. Now, if your opponent leaves yourself them open for an attack, yeah, just go crazy and attack. But then you need to keep in mind... You're not going to be able to defend as well with with uh, your units actually on the offensive. So, I think this deck works a lot better as a defensive deck because you can get a lot of units out. But again, the main problem is keeping those units out on the field. And I think the original kind of premise behind this deck was having Endor Gambit um, in place of uh, Mahdi, or at least one and one. And being able to get out those ATSCs that have a little bit extra HP, good unit damage, good force icons, and that blast damage. The problem with that, though, is you know we found out that we were really resource-starved, so uh, Tiny added in two Mahdi instead of one, and that helped a little bit. But then again, you're really susceptible to just your resources dying too quickly. So, yeah. go ahead. And one thing with the ATST, like he, he, my opponent played those two... You know, Endor Gant ATSTs, and mm-hmm. with those, I just kept piling focus attack icons on them, or to, but until I could take them out. So they didn't really. I don't think one of them attacked the entire time, because I knew they were the bigger threat. I couldn't take them out without, you know, sparing one or two other units. So I was like, well, instead of doing that, I'm just going to tactic those. And you know, I killed his duty officers with Han's reaction, and then shot one of his stormtroopers, and his ATSTs were just sitting there. So. I just, it feels like the deck's very easy to play around. That's fair. Uh, another thing, well, I mean, Nate, do you have any other comments on this? Uh, I, know, I know you've been quiet, so do you have any other comments, thoughts, opinions? Um, not really. I think we've... I think we've bashed the deck <laughs> quite a bit. Well, it's uh, it's not necessarily bashing. We're, we're, we're just, it's not. We're, we're basically not. just picking it, it just, apart and saying, "Hey, this is what we, we did." Found. The same thing to the Untouchables. Yeah. So, you know, it it's a good deck that works in the right situations that tends to be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. 
is basically what it boils down to. And that makes me sad a little bit because I kind of like the premise of the deck. So. Yeah, me too. No, no, d definitely. I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, all right. Well, um, Matt, any final thoughts before I move on? I got nothing. Okay, we got nothing. All right, so let's talk about the results that we came about of the Frozen Jedi deck, which was the one we talked about last episode, which is two Heroes Journey, two and you must go, two Secrets of Yavin 4, one Self-Preservation, two Knowledge of Defense, and one Frozen Refuge. Now, I will say that I have changed this deck up just a little bit. I've taken out Self-Preservation and put in one Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that seems to have boosted it even that much more. Main reason is because we have the... Not only the Fate card, which is Heat of Battle, if I'm, my memory serves. Yes, it is, it is Heat of Battle. And the... Um, our Most Desperate Hour, which is another shield token, which is really useful. Then we got, obviously, Obi-Wan Kenobi our, uh, himself. And then we have the uh, Jedi Mind Trick, which is just such a crazy good card. It's like, oh, you're defending with Palpatine. <gasps> nope. Which is super useful. Um... As far as the original deck goes, it worked out really well, but I found that once I replaced Self-Preservation with Obi-Wan Kenobi, it, it just got a little bit extra meatier, which doesn't make any sense because it's not technically a werewolf deck from Magic, but that's another story for another time. Have you guys found that this deck is still missing something, or do you think that it might be playable? Well, I know that, that you and I tested it quite a bit when, when you first came up with the idea for it um, a couple weeks back. Mm -hmm. And the first couple times you played it, it kind of caught me off guard and I wasn't necessarily playing against it as efficiently as I probably should have been. Um, I was letting some of the stuff that I didn't think needed to die as quickly as it did live and not and instead like i was focusing on on taking out loot before i was focused on taking out you know the daughters or you know yoda or some of the other stuff and the the issue that i saw with the deck was is that it had enough tactics icons um with the daughters if you could get multiples out and with um potentially yoda um that you could counter an early Palpatine by playing more units than I could lock down. Um, after I realized that, you know, the the little tactics guys were, were kind of the biggest issue in the deck, um, it, it started to swing back into, you know, me playing the dark side's favor. Right. Because I could say, okay, you know, if I can kill the daughters and keep you from controlling the force, you're in the original build, the Godal Outcasts were useless if I had the force. Um, and you, outside of them, you really didn't have enough objective damage to win the game efficiently. Um, it was a lot of little attacks with everything. Right. So it was, it was like the first couple, like I said, the first couple times, it's weird to play against but kind of once you figure out some of the tricks from the deck it's not that big of an issue 
and we were playing knowledge and defense a little incorrectly the first couple times. <laughs> yeah. Um, sadly, the card is not as good as we all want it to be since it only triggers during an engagement. Not just the whole not game. Not at any time. So I think the first like two or three games, um, we, we didn't we didn't catch that um, when the force pack first came out. So that was annoying. But once we kind of figured out that oh hey if I force lightning outside of an engagement or force choke outside of an engagement it's not as bad right um that toned down the deck a little bit and I think it actually hurts um knowledge and defenses overall um playability um I I like the deck I think it is missing something though it does not have enough blast damage to be an efficient light side deck, in my opinion. Um, okay, fair enough, fair enough. It just, it, it, it does a lot of little stuff well, but it doesn't do what light side needs to do well, and that's kill objectives. Right, okay. So, um, Matt, what about you? Sadly, where I never actually played this deck, I don't have much to add, but I do agree that it needs more blast damage. Okay, all right. Um, that is one thing uh, that everyone kind of tells me, and as... As uh, Nate pointed out, that once you figure it out, the little guys are m- the main stars and not like Luke or Yoda, then it kind of gets to the point of, okay, I, I kind of understand this a little bit more. Um, now, I-, I will agree that the self-preservation objective set itself is good on paper, but uh, for some reason I have like a special place in my heart for this objective set. I don't know why. I think it's just because... I like the concept of it. I like the, okay, you control the force, you're going to do a crap ton of objective damage, and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, I will say that I think that once the new stuff comes out, then we might see some cool changes, but that is my main reason for taking out self- self-preservation. And Yeah, I know I know the, the um, objective set was actually spoiled yeah. Um, yep. it has, earlier. It has a really good support. Has, yeah, it has the, the thing for force users where they get targeted strike, which uh-huh. wouldn't necessarily work well with the with the Godal Outcasts, but could work well in some version of a force user based deck, I think. Well I mean yeah, just, um, just like picture Yoda with three enhancements on him. It's like so uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I see good things coming yeah. from that objective set. Yeah, I mean um and again, that's another reason I took out self-preservation is because it's just it's we're not there yet. We don't have the sets to support it. Now, my crazy first idea was to actually put in Jedi training, which sounds really stupid, but the original premise was to have two self-preservations, two Jedi trainings, and then um, what was it? I think it was one Knowledge of the Fence, one Frozen Refuge, and then Yoda and Luke. Now, I, what I found with that and just like draw testing, because that's usually what I do is um, when, I, when I build a deck, I'll shuffle, draw, shuffle, draw, shuffle, draw, and see what I actually get over the course of like 10 or so kind of test draws to see, okay, if I draw this and I don't mulligan, what's my next set of cards? If I draw this but I mulligan, what do I get? That way, I'm a little bit more familiar and not surprised of, oh, crap, I just drew this awful hand. It's like, okay, I, I can work with this type of thing. But what I found is there wasn't enough units to put on the board 
uh, quickly because of the lack of possible resource draw or, or, or whatever. Like the deck just didn't fit. So I took out Jedi training, put in two knowledge of defense and self-preservation. And again, like you both have pointed out, there's not enough blast damage to really be take a, uh, take a effect of the Godal Outcast, which once we actually do get some really good force control, the Godal Outcast will be ridiculous because that's true objective damage. Unopposed three, you send two in there, that's a whole objective set just dead. It's just dead. There's nothing they can do about it. So you, you tactics a couple people, it's like, so I'm going to kill an objective. Um, so, so we have that going for it. Now, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up a little bit is I actually played this deck versus uh, a couple variations of the Desolation of Hoth deck today at my local store. One was using the Tumati, one was using a Recon and a Vader, and then, uh, then I switched up, a, switched up and did something else. I don't remember exactly what it was, but... This deck actually counters the Desolation of Hoth deck pretty much indefinitely because you're putting out units faster than the dark side can actually put out units, and you're also being uh, able to put out units that have shields and have a ton of tactics and objective healing capabilities, um, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it. Uh, the sisters were just pretty much the star player versus the Desolation of Hoth because he'd, he'd attack. I'd put out two committed both of the force and that's two damage from all my objectives removed which is ridiculous and i even got to play at one point a um confronting the terror and wiped soul board out <laughs> i mean so the 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 control of this deck is there like like control wise this is a great control control deck now if the win factor wasn't destroy objectives i think this deck would be great <laughs> but unfortunately like you guys said the objective damage just isn't there yet um it's almost there, and I think it's another one of these decks that's just really fun to play. Um, I generally play this when I just want to have fun because it, it is really fun to play. And I, it's, it really is just missing that one, I think that one objective or that one unit or that one combination of cards to really make it effective. And who knows, maybe the one that was spoiled in, in, in Fantasy Flight will be the, 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 the next one to kind of push the Jedi where they actually need to go. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think we're, we're actually quite there yet. Cat, my window is not open. Don't try. He just tried to jump on my window, and he hit the glass and fell to the floor. So <laughs> my window is usually open. Side story. Um, so I don't know. It's We're getting there, I think. We're getting there. Uh, do you guys think that we could change it up a little bit now? Like maybe because I was even thinking add the uh, Red 2's objective set. Is that something that we could, you know, replace, like completely replace self-preservation and frozen refuge? Is, is, do you think that would maybe give it that little extra push that it needs? Um, possibly. I posted a, a crazy weird idea using that um, on the, the forums, or not on the forums, actually. It was on uh, the Table Flip uh, Facebook page um, oh. using Journey to Dagobah. Knowledge and defense, mm -hmm. defense you have in four, mobilize and hoth operations. Really? Um, it's it's terrible. <laughs> it, was so bad. it was it was such a just weird dag. It like oh it I don't even know why I thought that would be a good idea. 
It was so bad. I mean, on paper, it sounds great. It's like, look at all this cool stuff. And it's like, oh, well, I it can't. It sounded good because I think I, I typed it up when, when we were playing Knowledge and Defense wrong. And I was like, oh, I'll never lose any of my ships as long as I can keep this undamaged. Right. Yeah, it, it doesn't work that way. Hmm. <laughs> well, you tried at least, I guess. I mean, uh... Yeah. I'm wondering if maybe trying to find a way to put in like maybe one rebel set that comes with the rebel assault might help give it that little push it needs. Well, uh, the only one, the only one that would really really be effective. I mean, mobilize might actually be worth putting in be because it has the X-wings. And all honestly, people I, I the main problem with with I have with mobilize is people think it's it's in a bad objective set. It's like how is it a bad objective set? The only bad card in that is trench run. No one uses trench run. Like fancy flight. Why did you actually put trench run in the game? It's 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 terrible. It's it. Hello, are you listening? It it's it's not a good card. There's no reason to play it at all. It is a good card. It just is bad when the tournament rules make it bad. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean the 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 the, the tournament rules themselves kind of make that card like. Oh, well, okay, uh, so I'm going to play Trench Run and attack the Death Star Dial, and I'm going to kill it, but I didn't actually kill any objectives, so that tiebreaker is going to really kind of suck. Now, the only possible situation where you can actually kill objectives and the Trench Run is if you had Home 1 out, all the objectives were like at 4 damage, and then you kill Trench Run with Home 1, and you win the game and kill three objectives at the same time, but the amount of, like, you know, percentage of that actually happening is, I think you have a greater chance of getting stung by a bee. That actually happened um, in the first regional I was at. Really? Somebody won the game because they attacked Trentron, got it to 10 at the exact same time that the home one reaction killed the other three objectives. Huh. Yes, it was like everybody was standing around watching the game. That's awesome. Amazing. That would be really cool to actually see. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. See, it was I, just kind of like, that huh? We, we it was almost like at that time we were like, hey, we should just let this guy win the regional because of that game right there. <laughs> and then we we're like, no, no, we're not gonna do that because I think he was like, I think he was playing on like the bottom match of the tournament. Oh, okay, well, well, <laughs> it was pretty know. funny to see though. I gotta say that was one of the greatest gaming moments that I've seen in a while. Well, I, yeah, I mean. In- that's another thing. I mean, Fantasy Flight has just done such an amazing job at really kind of creating some really cool and interesting scenarios with the kind of cards that you can play. Like, I mean, like with Confronting Terror, it's a extremely high-cost card, but when it works, you just kind of smile, and your opponent's like, well, uh, what do I actually damage? So, like, they're put in that awkward position of damaging their own stuff because... They attacked, and you're like, so I'm going to defend with Luke, and it's like Vader with a lightsaber or something, and for some miracle, you win the edge battle against a dark side player, and he still has three damage, but he only does one objective damage. So you're like, I'm going to confronting terror, you have to deal three damage to your units, and he's just like, oh, okay, which is not a good thing, or you know, vice versa on the objective damage with some high objective damage unit. Now, again, granted, the, the card itself is very, very high cost, and, you know, good players will play around it, but I think in counterpoint to that, the knowledge and defense is 
excuse me, hiccup, is not going to see a lot of play. So players are not going to, like, think about it. So say if you're playing a deck and for whatever reason you don't use knowledge and defense and you pick three other objectives. So your opponent has no idea that you actually have this card or whatever. So, I mean, just the, I mean, we can name scenario after scenario, and that's only if it actually happens. But I think that the shock value of the card is a little bit higher than like a rebel assault. It's like, oh, he's got two, two rebel, re- you know, resources open. I wonder what he's gonna do, and then he doesn't do anything, and you're like, oh, so I could have played this card. I mean, you know, mind games. I like mind games. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that adding a rebel objective might work but then again we might because i i we even tried a deck that had a bunch of jedi objective damage and rebels and like a bunch of resources do you guys remember that uh what deck was it it was what was yeah wasn't that the it was it was two defensive yavin four two journey to dagobah two luke wasn't it mobilize and no, no, no. Yeah, or it, something. It can't, couldn't have been mobilized because we. Oh yeah, it's the. I think it was Leia and something. No, no, no. Else. It was it was uh, mission. Oh briefing. no, it was a uh, mission briefing and... and then and then another another resource. The red, red, two or yeah, red two. It was either red two or it was. Uh... It was something. Yeah. It was fun. It was a really fun. Deck. It was a fun deck. Like there was like thirteen resources on the board. I'm just like, what? Come at me, bro. But it 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 was one of those decks that just kind of required that super kind of heavy setup type of thing. So. Um, I, the main problem with light side is resources. And I think everybody knows that, but that's another reason I ran the frozen Jedi deck is because all the units don't cost a lot. You have Luke and Yoda who are your highest cost unit. The rest only cost two or one, which is, you know, decent. So I think that we will see the Jedi kind of eventually get there, but I don't think the deck is viable for competitive play yet. And it's just it's like like Desolation of Hoth. I think it's just a fun deck. I will think that uh, I will think I will try the uh, Journey to Dagobah and kind of see what happens. So, all right. So we're gonna move on, and we're going to be talking about the giveaway, which I think needs to happen because giveaways are amazing. So, Nate, what do we got? We have um three. Set of Arabesh Red Fives, Ooh. a Darth Vader deck box, and according to the show notes, dot, 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 dot. Okay, excellent. Uh, <laughs> if you want to win the dot, 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 uh, please contact us with a haiku, and <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll send you the dot, 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 dot. Now, there um, might be more stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, there might be more stuff. Right now, what we have our hands on yep. is... Um, three sets of Arabesh Red Fives. So if you win a set, you'll be getting two of them, not yeah. just one, um, and a Vader deck box from the Game Night Kits. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these are all going to be separate, so keep that in mind. So yeah. it's, it's it's four different Yeah, so things. three people are going to win a set of Red Fives, and one person's going to win the Vader deck box. Now, so far what we've come up with so far i think what we should do yes is we should give away one set of red five cards Mm -hmm. to whoever comes up with a good giveaway for the other stuff okay okay so (laughs) okay so if if you want a 
set of red five, then come up with a really, really kind of unique and creative way for us to do a giveaway for the other stuff that Fantasy Flight's supposedly sending us. Hopefully it'll get here soon, but it's snail mail, so it, you know the elves could have gotten it, and they're playing with it right now. Who knows? So that's one way to win. And uh, how do you want them to send it to us? Um, our email would be best, which is uh, tableflip at out, uh, out, what is it? Outlook.com. Thank you. Uh, who uses Outlook? Like, come on. I do. <sighs> Freaking 80s kid. No, I'm kidding. Wait, actually, was Outlook around in the 80s? I don't think it was. No. Was the internet I think around you should the 80s? Repeat the, the email so that people don't think that our email is whatever the last five minutes of your talking was. <laughs> Such a jerk. Such a jerk. Okay, so um, all the giveaway entries will be going to our email address, which is tableflip at um, outlook.com. Tableflip at outlook.com. It's on our Facebook page. It's also on – it's also posted on the show notes every time we we post the show up. So very, very easy to get get a hold of. Um, If you don't remember it, feel free to PM one of us. Or uh, ask us on Facebook. We usually answer pretty quickly. Okay, so the next set is going to be given away on Facebook. Now, uh, you have to be liking our page or following or whatever you want to call it. And you have to have commented at least once from the publishing of this episode. So that is – what is the date today? The 14th. So you you would have had to comment on our Facebook page at least from the 17th to the 31st since, the, the, since our next episode will reveal the winners. So you have two weeks from the 17th to the 31st. That gives you two weeks to do the contest. Uh, the Facebook will be randomly drawn. Um, there won't be any requirements. You just have to be uh, liking the page, and you just have to comment on something. Like you can post a deck on our Facebook page. You can say how much we're awesome. You can say how much we suck. I don't care. Uh, generally, the ones generally, if you say that we suck, we're probably not going to pick you and delete the comment. But you know, whatever. The next set, and also yes. one entry per person. Yes, yes, that, that is very important. Do not make Smurf Facebook accounts. I will find you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm kidding. That, that requires way too much effort. The third way we're going to give away something, um, we're going to do on Card Game DB, and that will be uh, a random person from the uh, to whoever comments on our discussion thread that we post each week uh, for our episode. So if you're listening to this now, go to our discussion thread. It will be linked in the, the podcast page itself, and then we will also uh, pick a random winner from that. Now, the Vader deck box. Um, that is only going to be open to U.S. residents yes. because the shipping is going to be higher on it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love everyone, I don't love you enough to pay to ship a cardboard box to you. Now, I'm sorry. Now, <laughs> if you're not unless in, you want to pay, yes, yes. I mean, like if if you're not in the, not not in the U.S. and you want to pay for shipping, we will gladly send you the Vader deck box. But to ship something this big outside of the United States is generally going to be at least twenty plus dollars, and that's a lot for a cardboard box. <laughs> um, I mean, again, we apologize to anyone who's not listening to the U.S., but you know, we're 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 poor. What can we say? Well, at least I'm poor. I'm not sure about you guys. I mean, I'm you know, I'm whatever. I don't. 
thanks guys for backing me up on that. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, well we're poor, we're poor too, Patrick. Yeah, you guys are giving to yourself. <laughs> we, we have money, poor. sicko. <laughs> All and my money I have goes two kids. I don't have money. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. So, well, oh, so so Nate's the only one that actually has money, but he's too stingy to do it. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. Anyway, um, so this one we're gonna give out a little bit differently. Um, like we were discussing it and we really actually haven't come up with a way to give away the deck box uh, because it's a little bit kind of a bigger prize. I think that, hmm, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that we should just randomly select somebody random? Um, from, I think we should make them work for it. Work for it? Okay. So, yeah, because okay. I had to work to get it from my local store so. <laughs> okay okay so to win the vader deck box you have to crochet me a sweater no that's terrible idea. No, no but but no. it has to say table flip on it no that's a horrible idea <laughs> i i think huh i think somebody should come and do my laundry for me so that i don't have to Really? Doing laundry is simple. I will come do your laundry, okay? <laughs> I can drive to your house and do your laundry, and then you can hand me the deck box. Um, actually, hmm, what do we want them to do? I Maybe think... we should make this to be decided, since we can't seem to decide right now. That sounds like a good good thing. Yeah, okay. No, no, okay. Post it on the discussion. Yeah. And let everyone know how you can win a Vader deck box. And it's really awesome that we just spent the last five minutes talking about how to give something away only to decide that we're going to talk about how to give it away later. <laughs> hey, that's, that, that's live television for you. What can I say? <laughs> only we're not on television and this is technically live. It's recorded, but you know, whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah, guys. So to repeat the three sets of red five can be win as follows. Um, comment on our Facebook page. Uh, make sure you're following. Comment on the discussion thread that we have on Card Game DB, and come up with a really kind of creative way to give away all the other stuff that Fantasy Flight will be sending us. And that stuff's really cool. Trust me, it's awesome. And I have a feeling that we're gonna have stuff out of the season two game night kit to give away. Possibly, as yeah. Well, in the future, yeah. So the ideas can be for that edition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, right now we don't have any specifics on what it is. I just know from contact with FFG that they said they will send us some stuff. It could be season two or it could be season one, so it could just have the same stuff again. But we Either won't way, know until it actually stuff. shows up. Who, who cares? Exactly. Free stuff. Uh, I'm okay with free stuff. Okay, so again, the uh, please send all uh, entries to tableflip at outlook.com. That is tableflip at outlook.com. Um, let's wrap up the show, guys. We don't actually have a deck for Deck Talk this week. Um, we will come up with one and post one, but, um, kind of a slow week, really. Uh, there really wasn't anything we can talk about for Edge of Darkness because there really wasn't anything we can talk about for Edge of Darkness yet because it comes out next week and not this week. So upset. But, um, we did want to talk about the stuff that was, um, spoiled on Fantasy Flight, but we kind of decided against it because... Once Edge of Darkness comes out, we're gonna we're going to be doing a mini series in three parts to talk about the entire expansion set as a whole. We're gonna do it in three sets. We're going to talk about the uh, Scum and Villainy first, the Smugglers and Spies second, and then the rest of the ones, the the Jedi Rebel that kind of stuff. Um, so 
hopefully we'll see some some really good discussion around the Edge of Darkness and whatnot. I think that we're going to get some really, really cool creative decks come next week, and hopefully it'll be in Octagon soon, so we can kind of play the tournament with that. I think that'll be really interesting to see how much the meta shifts and what actually happens to... I can see a lot of people wanting to delay the start of their round two games until we see if Octagon's going to have it by, you know, like the end of this week, so... Yeah, I mean, well, it it really kind of all depends if Tiny's going to make it legal or not. Um, Like, I think for round two, it shouldn't be. And then round three should be. That way everyone has time to really kind of even out their decks. But that's just me. So, Tiny, if you're listening, I don't know, maybe maybe that's something that you should do. Um... Anyway, let's go to shout-outs. Uh, Matt. Okay. My first shout-out goes to my wife, who I love very much and has had a very difficult week this week with the loss of her mother. Um, it's very sad, but she's doing her best to get through it, and I just want to give her a shout-out, telling her that I love her. And even though she probably won't listen to this show, I'll make her listen to this part. Okay. Uh, Nate. So I'm going to give a shout-out, actually, to my local store. Uh-oh. Um again, because of how awesome they are. Um, they actually had a, a Magic the Gathering um, oh, no. pre-release tournament this week. I know this isn't the Magic the Gathering show, but I just kind of wanted to like give them a shout-out for how well they ran it and the fact that I was able to um, exchange the packs that I won for placing first in two separate sealed events oh, okay. um, so, towards Edge of Darkness. So before you continue your story, yes. how long has it been since you played Magic? Uh, seven months, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So, and I, I, I went in and won two sealed events and put my prize. How many people were there? Um, both tournaments had over 20 people in them. I assume these are 20 dedicated magic players. Uh-huh. They were 20 people. I, I didn't know them from, you know, Joe Schmo on the street. I don't really play magic i just was bored on saturday and wanted to do something and the store was nice enough to have events going on that's amazing so anyone who's listening to the show that lost that event you got your butt kicked by a noob (laughs) i'm not a noob but no i just want to give a shout out to the store for for hosting events and 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 having a really fun uh fun time there they actually had a, a midnight event on uh friday night and they had it catered so um, wow. anybody that came got free breakfast at like five in the morning when it wrapped up, I think. I did not go to that because I like to sleep. <laughs> um, other than that, you know, shout out to the audience as always. You know, you guys are awesome. You know, we do this for you guys. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, viewers, definitely shout out to the, to the viewers or listeners, I should say. Uh, thank you guys for your support and uh, can just uh, thank you for – I guess putting up with us, sometimes we ramble a little bit too much, (laughs) or at least I ramble because I'm awesome like that. But uh, thank you for putting up with my ramblings and just kind of the detail that we like to go into sometimes, maybe sometimes too much. But a big shout out to my wife as well, who uh, is letting me record the podcast, even though technically uh, it's way past when we actually record. Uh, We both got home late. She just got home back from her baby shower, so she's tired. And she wanted me to to do stuff with her, but I was like, I gotta record it, and she's like, okay. So thankfully, she didn't cut off my arm. So big shout out to my wife. I love you, sweetie. Thank you very much. Uh, shout out to 
Let's actually go uh, shout out to Fantasy Flight once again for just making it an absolutely amazing game. And uh, really do kind of appreciate what you guys have done with the way you guys have created the uh, meta and how, to, how it kind of advances. Uh, really excited to see the meta shift once again in Edge of Darkness. I really think that it's going to be really interesting and really neat. I, just, I can't wait to get my hands on this. It, it's so it, it's going to be so cool. Uh, again, guys, please follow us on Facebook as well as our email address. One more time is tableflip at... Uh, what is it again, Matt? Outlook.com. I, I, I always want to say Hotlook, but that's like Hotmail and Outlook at the same time. So, Tableflip. They're basically the same thing. Now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Tableflip at Outlook.com. And um, follow us on the various boards and whatnot. Card Game DB, Fantasy Flight for, uh, Forums. Um, now that they're fixed and very quick, which is awesome. You actually get to you know click on things now. Um, remember about our contests and... That is everything we have for you this episode. And our next episode will actually be the end of the contest, so get those submissions in. And we hope you guys have a wonderful week with Edge of Darkness this coming week. And I know we will. So, all right, guys, take care. That's it. That's all. God bless. May the Force be with you. Peace, everybody. Live long and prosper. Yeah. yeah. Matt, that's your cue. There is no spoon. There you go. There we go. <laughs> It was terrible. Yeah, it was a terrible intro. Anyway, guys, peace. The Force will be with you. Always.